Genesis 15, 1 through 6. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord, what shall you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir, for your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward the heaven and number the stars if you're able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Faith. Faith mm. comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Here the word of God is coming to Abraham. He's saying, look, your offspring will be huge. And Abraham, even though he's an old man, mm. believes the Lord. Uh, it's a very, very powerful passage. It, it almost, in a sense, shouldn't be separated from uh, chapter 14, uh, so we ended chapter 14, if you remember, Abraham's incredibly generous. He doesn't uh, take the money from the king of Sodom. Um, and God then says to him here in 15, because I am your shield. This is mm-hmm. kind of getting at the theme that we've been talking about, your mm-hmm. very great reward. And, and I really think this is like the foundation of the Christian faith, the foundation of faith. Like, is God your shield? Is God your reward? Or are the things that God gives you your reward. Hmm. Now, that's interesting because God's just said this to them. And then Abraham kind of comes back with, but what about children, right? Right. Um, But even the children here are related to the promises of God, right? Uh, God has already said um, in chapter 12, um, uh, I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your names that you'll be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. So, the great nation promise, uh, in a sense, I think, is moving toward um, this sense of offspring. Like, how's Abraham going to be a great people? I think is how we should read that. A, a great nations at this time were more familial than mm-hmm. they are like the United States. Mm-hmm. And so Abraham knows that there, in order for that to be fulfilled, there has to be something else. Right. There needs to be a child. Mm-hmm. And of course, there is no child. And so, and then God reaffirms that promise um, here in this passage. So yeah, what are your thoughts on Genesis 15? Well, I think this is um, this is a real progression in this relationship between God and Abram because up, in this, to, up to this point, we haven't really heard Abram talk to God. Mostly it's been God, or we haven't heard, you know, been told anything that he said. We see him responding by worshiping, building altars, and then actually doing things in keeping with believing. But it's been God who's been making these promises. And now, you know, God is coming to him saying, fear not, Abram, which I think is kind of telling that based on some of the things that have happened, you know, like this kind of assumption that like Abram's fears would be growing. Um, Maybe, you know, having a kind of a little bit of crisis of faith here, but reminding him of the promise. And then we see Abram actually talking to God and he's not exactly... um, I mean, he's voicing his doubts. He's, he's, um, it's not, not really being accusatory, but I mean, he is saying, 
Like I, I'm still childless. Like right. you, ha- you haven't given me an offspring. Like, and I just think this is such a great, again, so instructive that I know there's a, like a whole thing in later in the Bible where it talks about, you know, we know that you shouldn't complain. Um, the, you know, the people in the wilderness are complaining. God hates that. He hates their murmurings and complainings, but this is different. This is actually complaining to God. Like it's not, it actually shows more trust that he's in such a trusting relationship with God that he can say, Hey, this, it doesn't make sense. Like with the things that you right, said, I'm struggling, exactly. believing. And again, how instructive that to, uh, that is to us. Yeah, to and we don't exactly know, like, is this a long period of time? Is this one vision, right? It's not clear to me. I mean, we yeah, do know that he comes you know. to him in the first vision. I'm your shield. Your reward will be very great. And then does in the vision, does Abraham respond? Is this right. kind of the next day? And then it's, it's interesting that you have verse three and verse four are, are kind of the same verse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know exactly how we're supposed to read this. I mean, this is one of these places where critical theory is like intersected with the Bible. Mm-hmm. People say, we well, have all these different sources. And, and my response to that is, while I certainly believe in the mosaic authorship of the Torah, we should we should assume Moses is using sources, sources right? right? And so, right. and so, is there you know some ancient record of this that Moses is kind of drawing on? You know, was this appeal over a couple of times? But there's two appeals here, right? So I continue childless. Eliezer will be my um, heir, mm-hmm. and then uh, you've given me an offspring. A member of my household will be my heir. Uh, it's not really clear if this is all, it, it doesn't really matter, but is this all happening in the same vision or is this happening kind of over time? Um, and then finally, God really just says to him, no, this is not going to be your heir. Right. Don't worry about that. Um, and then this beautiful moment. Uh, I love this. I verse do. five, he brings him outside. And I mean, and this is not an Atlanta outside. This is, <laughs> you're this in the like, middle of Cana. Yeah. In the dark, there's no lights. Right. You can see every star in the sky. Yeah. It's and like that's one of our favorite things to do with these national park vacations that we take is to go. The rangers always do the nighttime sky. You know, you meet in some place and they just show because there's no light pollution. Right. And they, you've never seen as many stars as you see at, you know, Zion National Park or like these places in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's, incredible. it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so do the rangers do like a, like they show you the different, constellations and yeah, stuff yeah yeah Gosh, but they have Parker but they English. almost always bring you out because they say like you'll never you're never going to see stars like this any mm-hmm. in any of the you know most of the places where people live in the in the u.s and if you've but, ever seen stars like this and i know many of you probably have um what a dramatic moment mm. where the lord just says this is what i'm doing this yeah. this is you this is what i am doing through you i am going to make you so great um and I love in this moment, under the starlit sky, Abraham believes and it's yeah. counted to him as righteousness. That's yeah. just such a beautiful It really passage. is. I think it's a, this shows um, so just how beautiful the character of God is. Because again, you know, we can tend to think of him as like, well, he made these promises and like that he would be impatient with Abram or like, why would you not believe? But he's always, it's like he's always treating Abram like a human being who's... right. Um, 
you know, he knows that he is but dust. He knows his weakness. He knows his sin, his his tendency to doubt and to fear. And he's just always so like firm. I mean, not that God doesn't discipline us, but this this was just really cool that he actually brought him outside, lifted his head, yes. look up to his creation. God already knows. I mean, Abram already knows he's the God most high. He said that, you know, many times, creator of heaven and earth. So what a better way, possessor of heaven and earth, to like take him out and let him see the heavens and then just reiterate this promise. I love it. I love it. Well, great stuff and um, very encouraging. Um, and, and you know, what, what's about to happen is even more interesting. Mm. So come back tomorrow. But for Jennifer McClish, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.